Em, can you believe we are in our third season of Interview Boss? Not really. It's crazy. But that means there are over 90 episodes we've made. (gasps) Oh my God. Scrolling through all of our episode titles, you might miss an episode that actually is exactly what you're looking for. Yes, we get so many messages of people asking us to do an episode on something and we're like, we already have. So we've put together playlists to help you find the episodes that are best suited to you. If you're applying for jobs, we have episodes about resumes, cover letters and job ads. If you've been offered your dream job, we have episodes on resigning, exit interviews and how to impress at your new company. Yes, and we even have a playlist for if you have an interview like tomorrow and you need just our most recommended episodes, just the ones you really need between now and then. Exactly. It is all there for you. You can browse by category. Check out the playlist at www.interviewboss.com.au forward slash podcast. I feel like I haven't put much thought into this. I'm not really sure that I know my things that well. Great. Well, this episode is for you. Hey everyone and welcome back to Interview Boss. My name's Emma. I'm a radio journalist who's teamed up with my sister to give you advice, inspiration and support when you're looking for a new job. Sarah is a HR and recruitment professional and together we're excited to give you all the tips, tricks and behind the scenes knowledge to help you in your career. Hey Em and welcome back everyone. Em, who are we giving a big shoot your shot shout out to this week? This is actually an anonymous shout out to someone who bought us a couple of coffees and I just loved what they had to say. So someone said, I haven't been through an interview for seven years and I landed a position as a supervisor listening to you guys every morning to work and on my drive back home from work. Thank you for creating these podcasts to give me ideas and confidence. I felt like I had to be perfect and say the perfect words to get this position, but you guys said it was okay to make a mistake and be honest and genuine with your answers and stories. Thank you. I feel like that sums up all of what we're about. That is it. You don't have to be a robot. Be yourself. Be a human. You don't need the textbook perfect answer. You just need a real good answer. Not really good, a real comma and good answer. A real and good answer. Yes. And this idea that there's this like script to unlock like a magic word, like a spell and a charm that gets you in the job. I think that's what people out there can start to think if they start watching TikToks or whatever that say, here's how to answer this question and think that there's a script. Be skeptical. Yeah. Your interviewers want to get to know you so that they can work out if you're the right fit for what they're looking for. And they can't get to know you if you don't actually share anything about yourself. So yeah, I really love that. Definitely. So if you want results like someone... You could be someone too. Yeah, you could be someone too if you book a coaching session with Sarah. She has one-on-one sessions available. You can find out all about them at www.interviewboss.com.au forward slash coaching. And if you liked one of our episodes, you used one of our tips, or you want to request an episode on your situation, slide into our DMs, our inbox, all our other channels, and maybe we'll do an episode for you. And... On that note, what is today's episode all about? Today, this was kind of prompted by a coaching session that I've literally just come out of. I was speaking to a candidate who was going for like a practice manager of like a cosmetic 
clinic, essentially. And she said she'd done so much reflection on the career that she wanted. She'd gone a different way with what she was doing and talked about, okay, I've worked out that I like working in a team. I don't like working by myself. I really like the chaos actually, because that keeps me motivated and it's a bit of a challenge. And I like being able to change things and have my own space and not be micromanaged by someone. And she'd spent a lot of time doing some personality quizzes and she'd had some career coaching previously with someone else. And she was very self-aware when she came into that session. We love a self-aware human. Yeah, it was so easy to put together her tell me about yourself and to come up with some of her best bits because she knew what she was trying to target and the role that she had applied for that we were prepping for was so well suited to her because of the reflection that she'd done and getting to know herself. And this has always been something that I've been very aware of. The better you know yourself the better your whole life, I think, really, but particularly when it comes to applying for jobs because what I've really witnessed, and I'm interested to know, Em, whether you've experienced this yourself, what I've witnessed is that you can have the same amount of work in two different environments and it be like a lot, like you've got a lot on. In one environment, you are doing work that lights you up, that you enjoy, that comes easily to you and you don't burn out. In the other environment, you're doing work that goes against your natural strengths, you're out of your depth or you know the colleagues are wrong or something else is wrong and you're completely burnt out by it. So it's not necessarily about the amount of work or the amount of hours or those- it's the conditions. It is. And if you can make it so that not as much of your- work is pushing against your natural tendencies and preferences and things, then I think you can decrease the chances that you'll burn out and increase the chances that you're really happy in a job. But if you can't look back and work out what you like, you're only going to make that mistake again by picking something that sounds good, but it's not right for you. I feel like you are really good at this and know yourself really well in this sense and what you like. Like you always say to me that you've got to work out what's worth it to you because like you might take on a job that sounds good because it's good money or something like a side hustle or, you know, but really you dread doing it. So it's never going to be worth the money. Whereas I feel like I haven't put much thought into this. I'm not really sure that I know my things that well. Great. Well, this episode is for you. Like a lot of our episodes, you are our target audience. So this is an episode all about prompting you to get thinking about knowing yourself because I think there are infinite ways that it can help you. I think this actually links back to the episode we did on burnout and having an X factor. Do you remember those episodes a couple of years ago, Em? Definitely. If you haven't heard those, go back and listen to them. We'll them below in the show notes. I think this links a lot to that, but we've got some more practical ways for you to get to know yourself. Perfect. So step one, like our lovely candidate that Sarah was just talking about is self-reflection, baby. Some journaling, some deep thinking, some deep diving. <laughs> it doesn't have to be journaling. You can just think of your answers to these as we read them out, if you like. Think of them and write them down if you want, if you want to go the extra mile. Yeah, if you want to write them down, you can. But if you're like listening in the car or you're like actually at work or whatever. But this could be a self-care session, yes. like, you know, a crystals out type situation. <laughs> so me, the practical, Emma, the spiritual. Yes, spiritual hippie, always. Choose your own adventure. Choose your choose your character. You know how yeah. the me's like <laughs> jig and dance and they're like, choose your fighter. <laughs> Which fighter? And you've got your crystal attack. Yeah. <laughs> and I've got my no bullshit slam or something. <laughs> wow. Um, so to kick off the self-reflection, how would you rate your role currently out of 100%? Think about that. 
What's stopping you from being at 100%? And I think with this, it's not like you are performing at 100%. It's like your enjoyment. How much do you like it? Yeah. Content levels. Yeah. 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 And are there any obstacles in the way of it being 100%? Is this the colleagues? Is this the deadlines? Is it the fact everything has to get approved and you don't have much say? Is it the opposite and that you have all the say and you wish someone would just make a decision for you for once? Like, (laughs) tell you what to do. Yeah. Decision fatigue. Are you coming home and being like, I can't work out what we have for dinner because I'm so exhausted by making all the decisions? Uh, That's how parents feel. Just quick (laughs) shout out to parents. Yeah. I'm not ready for that because I get decision fatigue just about myself, about what treat am I going to get from the cafe today? (laughs) All right. I want you to now think about a time when you were your happiest at work. Mm. Why? And you don't have to think about all the elements of the role, like your perfect job, the one you want to go back to. You don't have to want to go back to it for it to have been the place you were the happiest. It's more about the why though. And for some people, it might actually be a job that they didn't love that much, but they were happiest in their life when they were in that job. I don't know. That could be really interesting to be like, why is that? Because that job gave you more time in your life. And is that because you could switch off after work? Like it was a job that you didn't take home with you? Was it because it was like manageable? It wasn't constantly hard? Yeah. Or, well, I've seen people say this before when I'm chatting to them about their career stories and things, like what's been your favourite job that you've had? And they often say that it's also the same one that burnt them out and that they whinged about and that they found really challenging, that actually when they think about it, they were also their happiest there, which I think is kind of interesting. I like this. Sean from our X Factor episode spoke about this. Go back and listen to that if you need a bit of motivation because often I feel you imagine these jobs where you're burning out to be like the devil wears Prada type jobs where you hate it and it sucks the life out of you. But actually, I reckon it's more common to be burnt out in a job you love because you care about it, you want to go above and beyond, and then sometimes it gets too much. But you can definitely be burnt out by jobs that you love. So is that it? Is that why you were sort of unhappy or unfulfilled? Because although you loved it, it was just fatiguing. And then the opposite, when were you at your most unfulfilled at work? And those two jobs could be the same job, but they might be different periods of time. Like I was my happiest when that time we were in between managers and I was looking after everything. And then I was my most unfulfilled when the new lady started and she took over everything and you know, like that could be the same thing. Or you were at your most unfulfilled when you had to pick up XYZ duties or when you were working from home, maybe you didn't like that or maybe you did like that as the opposite. But think about the why. Don't just rely on, oh, because I had a commute or because I had a bad manager. Why? What was it about them and how did that make you feel and how did that lead to you feeling unfulfilled? Is it because you felt you weren't getting anywhere? You didn't have an impact? I don't know. Like unpack those things. Unpack it. Put that on a (laughs) t-shirt. Now, if you could get rid of something from your current job, what would it be? Mm, I love this one so much. Would you care to answer this? Yeah, easy. Like I could do this easy. So I'll go first and I'll give you time to think about something. At the moment, we are one person down compared to what we used to be in our team and I'm handling the HR inbox and it's awful. I hate it. Is that as in people sending requests about their problems? It's not even that because those are normally pretty easy because you're like, yeah, 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 it's here or it's here. You send them a link to something. That part's easy. It's more like, hey, we've got this problem and you need to solve it. So it's like every email in there 
is not just a quick reply. It's like a whole thing. No, that's what I mean. Everyone with their problems like, hey, I need to bring this up. This is happening. Like, Yeah, it's more like that. And it's not like, hey, how do I apply for leave? It's not the individual employees. It's more like the manager going, hey, this person didn't get their pay rise. What's going on? And you're like, shit, I have to look. I can't just like fix it because I don't even know what happened. I have to look into it. I have to investigate. I have to go back to them. It's not an easy fix. I hate the inbox. It's just not my thing. So that's what I would say. If I could magic that away, I would. doesn't mean I'm not going to keep doing it, but that helps me understand the things that I tend to like and not like. I don't love being completely driven from the outside of what my to-do list is, if that makes sense, because I just come in and see what's in there and I have to go off that. I prefer when I've got at least a little bit of other time to go, okay, what am I going to focus on today? What do I want to get done? What about you? What would you remove from your current job? I would love if my last bulletin of the day got cut because I don't like being at work until 6.30 or 7 in winter when it gets dark. I'd prefer to come in a bit earlier and leave a bit earlier. Why is that? Is it because you like to finish the day with doing a few things and when you have a bulletin late, you kind of have to do all of that beforehand and then you're rushing out the door without doing the final end of day things? No, it's not really work related. It's like life related as in I just hate the feeling of leaving when it's dark and I'm just, I just hate it. Okay. I'm going to make you pick something else about the actual work that you do. What would it be? I can magic something away. It's not that you hate it. Like I said, I'm not going to quit doing the inbox. Like it has to be done, but it's my least favorite. Rank all of the things you do. What's at the end? (laughs) Is it taking calls from PR people? Is it certain types of news maybe? Oh, I've got one. So each quarter there is health data released by the Bureau of Health Information, like the government, and it's a story we always run because it's like ranking our hospitals and how well they're performing and for the past three, four years they've been severely underperforming and some of the worst in the state. And it's this portal that you have to go on It's so fiddly and it's just data and it's horrible and I always get stuck doing it and it's essential I have to do it, but it just is time consuming and it's just, I hate it. Does that make you procrastinate it a little bit? Like, do you do it later than what you maybe could? Yes. Yeah. Interesting because it's self-awareness, right? And so if you were going for a new job or if like, you know, there was a new role that came up internally or something like that. And it was a lot of like reporting on government data and it was like portals and yeah, no, I would hate that. Yeah. Because what is it about the logging in? Is it like that even once you get in there, it's not easy or do you have to? Yes. It's not easy because you have to get in there and then you're spending half an hour sort of understanding and just looking around. Yeah. And you've forgotten by last time because it's long enough ago that you can't remember anymore. Yeah, but also just it's complicated data. The data isn't in news story form. So I have to translate it and go, okay, 29% of people left on time or how many people were there. It just takes me a long time to write a four line story on it, which is all I need, but it's just lots of trawling. And I guess I don't enjoy that. Condensing heaps and heaps of information into a short thing. Yes. Actually, no, that's it. I really struggled with when I first started my job, how short form it is like radios vary it's for the ear it's just quick it's three lines max and naturally all the information out there is huge and the feedback I continually got when I first started was too long too long too long like I was (laughs) writing like print and they're like you'd be great in print cut like brief vague 
And so Vague. and so sometimes when a really big complicated story comes through, I sit and I procrastinate because I'm looking at it and I'm like I have to read all these really important, awesome, really good points, translate it in my mind to spit it out in three succinct lines for the public. Like I don't think the public understands how much I do for them in sifting through all this shit to give them a concise, easy to understand version. I didn't get that easy to read version. I had to make it up. (laughs) Well, the people of the Illawarra appreciate it. I'm just going to say thank you on their behalf. If you're listening and you're in the Illawarra, love it. You should listen to Emma's stories and say, great, how she saved me all that time from logging into the portal myself. Yes, exactly. See how we just had some breakthroughs then of like what it actually is about that portal. It's not the portal and it's not like going home in the dark. It's We've actually uncovered something about turning huge pieces of information into very succinct things. It doesn't come naturally to you and it's okay for you to do that every now and then and you're probably pretty good at it as well. But if you took a job where that was like 80% of the work is translating these bulky, horrible things into press releases or whatever, you would hate it because you're constantly doing stuff that you're like, Oh, yeah, dreading it. So really great live example of doing some self-reflection. Hey, Job Hunters, big news. Our all-new course, Interview Academy, is live and ready to transform your interview game. It's all the strategies from Sarah's one-on-one coaching, but without the limited time slots. Yep, it takes you step-by-step-by-step through crafting your career story, coming up with your awesome best bits and all the practice you need. And guess what? It's at a special launch price, never to be seen again. Get more information at interviewboss.com.au forward slash interview dash academy. It's linked in the show notes below. Some other things to consider. What frustrates you at work? When do you get like, oh, this is so annoying. Like what are those moments? What causes them and why? Why does it make that feeling? And more importantly than all of the negative stuff, what helps you come home at the end of the day feeling satisfied? This is often a question I ask people in coaching sessions when I'm trying to understand, like get some of their best bits if they're struggling. Because some people think it has to be this huge like win and you won a prize and it's this big, amazing applause or whatever. Actually, it tends to be the kind of things that you finish and you go, oh, that was good. Like it's not amazing. It's not overwhelming emotion. It's just like satisfied. You, you left at the end of the day and you thought that was a good day. Like I did my job well. It's a more subtle kind of feeling. What triggers that for you? I feel like I'm not a good sample size because I have a very strange job. No, it's about the why. It's hearing your thought process. This is super valuable, I promise. What are the days that you feel satisfied compared to the others? The days when I covered awesome news and I didn't miss a beat and all the news got covered and I even broke some stories and I left a really good handover for my colleague for the morning and gave him some awesome stories. What is it about breaking the stories? Why do you like that versus just repeating them from other places? Because it makes me feel alive like a real journalist. Yeah, right. Versus what? What's the alternative to if you had a whole year where you never broke a story? How would that feel? Well, it wouldn't be miserable. I'd just be like going through the motions, you know? But why wouldn't that be satisfying? What would you feel like? I would feel like I wasn't working. (laughs) Like you're just copying other people's things. Like you're just rewording. Yeah, I guess. So it's cool. It's like doing something new and like 
setting the standard and being first, like you need a little bit of that to feel like you're adding value to journalism as a whole. So there's that that you really quite enjoy as well. Do you see how we took something out of that? Yeah. Feels like a stretch. (laughs) We'll we'll keep going because you'll come out with some more as we go through this. So that's all on self-reflection. Second tactic you can use, asking for feedback from others. Now this scares the absolute living daylights out of me of asking like a colleague or a stranger or whatever, like what are my strengths? But it doesn't have to be someone at work. It doesn't have to be a boss. I mean, that would be helpful, but you could even ask like an old work friend, you know, those work friends that you used to work with and you'd be like, Hey, what did I do differently than other people that you worked with? Or it could be like your family and friends as well. Like they might even have an understanding of what they see from your work. You do me. What are my strengths? I think she's hesitating. No, I'm thinking. Don't don't jump down my throat. I think it's your quick-wittedness. Interesting. Which is why this podcast works. Like that's a huge standout thing that's been from you from when you were younger. And I don't see you at work in what you're actually doing, but that I think is a really natural thing for you. Thank you. Any others? <laughs> <laughs> Well, I don't, I can't give work specific ones. That's why it's better to do a colleague because they'll be like, oh, you always had the highest energy on the crosses or whatever, but I've only heard yours. I don't know what the other people's sound like. Like I've never even heard anyone else read the news on your station. I don't know how they're different to yours because I've only heard yours. (laughs) That's okay. But yeah, ask other people. Everyone's going to have a different perspective. Like your partner would have a different perspective. Our rest of our family would have a different perspective. Old work friends though, like it's actually stuff that people have said to me in passing that what have you gotten compliments about? That's another one for getting feedback from others. What have you been complimented on in the past, Em? I guess I haven't received enough compliments. Nothing's coming to mind. I've been told that I'm a go-getter, reliable Don't be pulling out the resume buzzwords. I don't know. Who told you you were reliable? That's such a shit compliment. (laughs) A go-getter is better. What does that mean? Like you could unpack that, right? I've had people say, wow, like you're just like good with the systems. You know, you really get the most out of every system you use. And I was like, ah, I guess I do. You know, something you just do all the time, but you don't realize that that's quite unique. That's the kind of stuff that it's helpful to think about here with the feedback from others. Now we've got two more strategies that are a bit more external and like surveys and stuff that you can do to get you know yourself better. As a person who did a psych degree, I've done infinite personality surveys, tests, all that kind of stuff. And what I just want to disclaim at the beginning is that pretty much none of them are properly statistically valid or anything like that. So I don't want you to rely on these as like, this is your be all end all. This is a reflection exercise. These tools could help you. And so with that, we're going to recommend some stuff. What's the first one, Em? You can be a spiritual hippie like me and dive into your love languages. Sarah, how on earth is this going to (laughs) help us in the job search? Well... It's all about how you feel appreciated and how you show appreciation. So the, how you show it might be really interesting for you if you're a manager, but how you feel appreciated is great for understanding how you like to be managed. You know, when people say like, oh, if you've got a question, what's the best way to manage you or whatever? Most people say, oh, just don't micromanage me. I'm like, yeah, that's kind of a given. It's like saying, don't bully me. Well, yeah, okay, taken. 
but how do you get the best out of me? Well, how do you like to be shown appreciation? I actually did a workshop on this when I worked at Under Armour and I ran it for our local team. Everyone did the love language quiz and we wrote them all down and I gave them feedback to the managers to say, hey, the people in your team, this is how they like to be shown appreciation. And for those of you who don't know, there are five love languages and they are, you're going to have to help me hear them in case I forget them. I know them all. Words of affirmation, which is me, physical touch, which is also me, acts of service, gift giving, and quality time. Yes. Now, you can see how those might be appropriate in the workplace. Now, they do have the love language um, people, they do have like a work quiz and, Mm. you know, love they call it appreciation, appreciation at work. The thing is, is that you have to pay for the appreciation at work survey. So we're not going to do that, but it's all the same thing, except they've just changed some of the language to make it work appropriate. So here's what you're going to do. You're going to do the regular love language quiz, which is free on the love language website. We'll link it down below. Do it for you as an individual, or you can do it as part of a couple. Your results are still going to be the same. The really, the only difference with the work one is that they don't include physical touch. And I'm sure we can all appreciate (laughs) why for good reason (laughs) although I've known a lot of people who are definitely physical touch primary love languages and they love high fives oh my god they love a high five (laughs) and I just roll my eyes because I'm not workplace high physical touch kind of workplace high fiver but that's how you can identify the physical touch people at work is that they're like yeah high five and you're like I just or they'll literally pat people on the back yeah that's funny just bizarre Okay, let's do a little quiz. I'm going to give you the love language and you tell me how you might show that to someone at work if they were someone who were reporting to you or a colleague. Great. I'm so ready. This is my specialty. What about words of affirmation? Just tell them, hey, you did so well today. I'm so proud of you. Keep it up. Take it to the next level though. Write a note. Yeah, write a note and copy in. An email, send it to like them and copy in the CEO or something and acknowledge what a great job they've done. Words of affirmation in front of someone else. Yeah, can be super like awesome. And like it costs you nothing to do that. But if you appreciate words of affirmation, they're the kind of things that you might reflect on and go, oh, I like printed that email out. And I I always thought back to those words and that person called me X, Y, Z because you're a words of affirmation person. Okay. So that will be helping you to self-reflect on the ways that you felt most appreciated. What about receiving gifts? Put that in a work context for me. Buy them a coffee when you go out or a desk plant. Or like a little snack, you know, when you go to lunch or whatever, like you bring back a little, you know, cupcake for them or whatever. That's kind of the receiving gifts one. I worked with a girl who I was like, and this is what made me think about love languages at work, is that as soon as I did the love languages quiz outside of work, I was like, oh my God, I work with a gifts person. And I'd never thought, and I was like, I've never given her something because she's a gifts person and I'm not. And so every time she went to the supermarket, she'd grab like a little snack that she knew I always bought for myself and sit it on my desk and did that for other people too. And so I started thinking about it and buying her stuff back because I was like, oh, she must have felt so she must be lonely, <laughs> unappreciated from me never buying anything back. What about quality time? Hey, you want to go for lunch today? Let's have a check in or just regular meetings or like regular chats. Making sure that you don't cancel on their one-on-one. Yeah. Showing up for that. 
right? That's going to be more important to that person. Yeah. Giving them some undivided attention, maybe like even a team event or something for you to actually spend time outside of work together where it's like a work drinks or something like that. Obviously not in every context, but yeah, come with me to do this thing, doing stuff together. What about acts of service? I feel like this could be taking something off their to-do list or like letting them have an early mark or like a little reward, doing something that makes their life easier. Yeah. Quality time could even be, sorry, now that I think back to that one, that could even be like, go spend some quality time with your loved ones, you know, like you're gifting them that in their personal life. But yeah, acts of service, like, hey, can I help with that? Or you're noticing that they're really busy and saying, because acts of service, you don't want to ask them to delegate to you. No, you have to pick something and do it. You have to be like, I'm going to do X, Y, Z to help you and be proactive with it. Because if you go, hey, how can I help? That's a whole nother thing that they have to think about to delegate something to you. Like be proactive in, hey, what about if I do the printing so that you can move on to the next step? And you're like, great. Or I'm just trying to think of what kind of task you could jump in. Or what about if I go into the inbox and categorize all these emails so that you can do the next step? Oh, that'd be so helpful. Thank you. And then physical touch. Well, you're going to be really careful with that one, but it's a high five. It's a fist bump. (laughs) Proceed with caution. Yes. (laughs) So our next external tool that, again, take it lightly, but could potentially help you is a VIA character strengths test. Yes. Now I got this from our employee assistance program. They actually recommended this as part of their like learning and development thing. And it's like the least spammy one that I've come across. So I'm going to recommend it. It's free. They do have like pay things that you add on, but I'm pretty sure that there are, I don't know, they just don't seem as spammy as some of the others where you do the whole quiz and then you've got to pay to unlock it at the end. That drives me mad. So with this one, here's a little blurb from their website. Character strengths are the core personality traits that define your unique identity and make you feel authentic, alive, and engaged in life. It sounds pretty good. Your free character strengths profile lists your strengths from highest to lowest. So everyone has the same. They're just in different orders based on the positive qualities that are strongest in you. Look, again, it's self-reported. This is not the be all end all. If you're low in something on this test, it doesn't really mean anything. It's just going to be helpful to go, Oh, yeah, that is in my top five. Oh, that's interesting. How does that show up for me at work? That's what you're getting out of this. So we'll put the link in the show notes below. Go and actually do this quiz. It gives you a report of the 24 character strengths in order and you can download it as a PDF. It'll try and upsell you to all the paid reports like how to best approach work given your unique character strengths or whatever. Look, you can do those if you really feel like it, but you do not need to. Like just take the free PDF and do the reflecting and the work yourself to think how could I use these strengths more or what kind of job would allow me to use these more or what questions can you ask about that job when you're in the interview to work out if it's going to align with you or not. I'm going to have to give it a go. Yeah, and look, that's not sponsored. None of the things that we mention and link are sponsored. It's just genuinely helpful and free. Go and use it. We love genuinely helpful and free stuff like this podcast (laughs) and all of our free resources as well. We do love genuinely helpful plus free. Okay. Well, that's our episode all about knowing yourself better. I hope that by the end, you've got a little bit of insight and you've had at least one little aha moment. Do you think there's been some aha moments out there, Em? I think so. I think there's more to be had. Like I said, I need to have a full ritual, get in the headspace, analyze. I'm not really an off the cuff thinker. I'm a deep, I need to sit on it, you know? Yeah. It might come to you in your sleep and you wake up and be like, maybe. (laughs) 
Thanks so much for listening to Interview Boss. If you like hearing the sound of our voices, hit that follow button in Apple or Spotify, or better yet, tell someone else about the show. That's how we can hit the charts so we can help even more people. For more advice, inspiration, and a supportive community, check us out on Instagram at Interview Boss. We've been your job search besties and helped you in some way. There's a cool way you can support the show. Shout us a virtual coffee. We get a huge kick out of reading all of your success stories. Head to buymeacoffee.com forward slash interview boss and shout us a cuppa. If you keep us caffeinated, we can keep the content coming.